Great is the love poured out for all, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. England won again and Luxembourg sensationally beat the Irish. It's Monday, 29th of March. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Vidishan Antaraja. And I'm Jim Campbell. We're on for it, boys. <laughs> Come on. Big Monday vibes. Massive vibes. Oh, the biggest of the vibes. Let's enjoy it until Robin, Robert Lewandowski comes to town. On Why do they keep playing us? Why, they, you know, annoying, why do they it? keep stepping up to us? It feels personal now, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? Just get out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Stay you, at home. You got your drawer in 1973. <laughs> now sod off. <laughs> we'll give you a little BBC or ITV montage. We might yeah. even give you a poem, but don't... Make us get out onto that grubby little field with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. Yes, everybody. It's another international week. Doesn't it make mm. you feel good, Jim? It does after a, 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 an England win, yeah? Yeah, damn right. This one was a bit more meaningful than San Marino, you'd argue. Yeah. I mean, well, same amount of points. So, same amount of points, same know, amount of clean sheets. Them. Same amount of clean sheets. Should exactly. they be playing? You know, come to the same same argument afterwards. Should they be playing? Should they be allowed to be on the field with our brave boys? Is there an, is there an argument that any team England beats should have to pr- play a sort of preliminary qualifying campaign to get to the qualifications? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> is England the bar? If you lose to England, then you've got to be in that. Did you notice <laughs> neither San Marino nor Albania gave England the guard of honour, which I think is <laughs> disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness I mean how about it? they didn't even have a, a single shot on target no scared. what's that about too eh? scared I'll tell you what though they, they, they could have gone 1-0 off early on in that game <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that that was like oh yeah that's why we might need a back three against bigger teams yeah. an extra defender in there but all joking aside though it was your classic routine win Vish we've seen England do this many times against a stubborn opponent who recently have been at a tournament. You know, they're no mugs, Albania, of course. But you've got to go there. You've got to do the job. And England did the job. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should probably look at this result and we'll take a step back to look at it in, in full view in terms of it's the second of three games in the space of what, like just under a week mm-hmm. for a team that aren't really together training and, mm-hmm. on, you know, on the eve of a, of a Euros where we're at the same time trying to work out not even really our best, well, I suppose our, our best formation, best 11, but more broadly, you know, the the players who are going to make up the rest of that squad, those mm-hmm. will be where some of the, the hardest decisions are made. Um, certainly the, the first hard decision anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I was I was quietly impressed with, with how they went. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I was very impressed with Mason Mount. I thought the, the conversations about two defensive <laughs> midfielders was slightly disingenuous yeah. given yeah. the two individuals who had, doing that particular job, mm. Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice, two very different mm-hmm. yeah. kind of holding midfielders who, who, who neither really are, you know, I think to describe them as holding midfielders does them a bit of an injustice really because they're so good at what they do. And you only need to look at how well their teams, mm. the respective teams are doing and how mm. important they are to those teams to realise they're not just, you know, we're not just fucking putting two pillars back there. Well, it's not, yeah, yeah. people are acting as if they've, they've cloned Lee Catamol and put them both in there or something. Yeah, like, they're t- like they're load-bearing midfielders rather than like <laughs> human footballers that yeah, can they've got, they've run got, around and do what they want. They've got Phil Fone and Raheem Sterling yeah. on leads and they're not letting them go, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it's all hands to the pump kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I do think if you play Mason Mount, it's out of order to not also play Declan Rice. 
Because you miss out on the wholesomeness. Do they know each other? I, I hear that, yeah, they, they've got, oh, a, got a fondness right. for each other. All oh, right. Just Jim's Wicked Whispers. No, well, they're, they're big mates, aren't they, Mark? Oh, sure, okay, you, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just delightful Sorry, to see you, their happy little faces. Were you suggesting, were you suggesting that Jim... There, didn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were you suggesting Jim was hinting at some romantic involvement <laughs> between the two? Well, I just wanted to see if Jim knew anything that I didn't, so I thought I'd give him a little prod, and it uh, <laughs> turns out he knows the same as me um, yeah. <laughs> with regards to that issue. Um, it, it's true. I mean, I think that, uh, that Mason Mount is a crucial player to Southgate, and Southgate's said that. And you can understand why. It wasn't that long ago where there was this sort of sort of a little campaign of hate against Mason Mount yeah. because it seemed as if Mason Mount, when he's called up for England, insisted that Jack Grealish didn't play. <laughs> this is it, isn't it? <laughs> it was when this Ma- odd sort of situation. When Mason Mount went on loan to Derby and started doing really well, there's a real, real buzz about him and people were really excited mm-hmm. about it. But I think people got bored of it along the way, perhaps because Grealish is a little bit more eye-catching. But... As is so important in international football, Mount just, he delivers, doesn't yeah. he? And he's not let Southgate down, and he and, and he plays in a number of positions and, and looks completely at home in all of them. So, I mean, he's a huge, huge bonus coming into the tournament. Yeah, it was interesting what Southgate said when he said, "I was saying in autumn he's a very good player. Now Thomas Tuchel picks him. Everyone agrees." When Frank Lampard did it, it didn't count for some reason, which is unlike Southgate to say something yeah. like that. But I think that actually. Southgate, now he's picked Grealish a couple of times where so many people were, were, were crying out for Grealish to be picked. I mean, he didn't feature him, make it all about him, but it's uh, but that's more likely the reason why people were kind of having a go at Mount rather than, oh, if Tuchel rates him, then he's obviously decent. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I think whatever the Lampard criticism was at the time, or not even criticism, but whatever the, the slant of it was at the time was a bit like, I think Mount was seen as, Lampard's favourite, mm. you know, a bit of a yep. bit of a teacher's pet, not through Mountfort, not even through Lampard's fault, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we see we've seen with both Grealish and Mount now that they can play in the same team. So I think like the, I mean, I think that particular debate is put to bed. And mm-hmm. I think what, yeah, I think you, you've touched on quite a good point there with regards to why Southgate is saying this now, because mm-hmm. I think he he was realizing he, I mean, this was a way that he could do it without doing down Grealish. Yeah. Whereas before it was always framed as one of those two. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you know you look at that midfield yesterday. And while I don't necessarily agree that it was it was particularly defensive because of things I've already gone through, mm-hmm. I, I think if Grealish was fit and Grealish was there, you could play Mountain in that three and have Grealish mm-hmm. as the as the one kind of further forward out wide, and you wouldn't lose anything. And I think if you look at the way they both operate, the fact that Mount is a bit more active without the ball mm-hmm. and that Grealish is able to use the ball in very <laughs> different ways, you know, it's quite exciting. And it's so very English that the end of that result yesterday, all I could think was. I'm going to be really pissed off about maybe two players who aren't going to the Euros. Yeah. yeah. And I think I do. I think a lot of people are, and mm-hmm. I think they just have to deal with but it. But I think that's a good point, Vish, because if you look, I think this is why people are getting excited. And don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to very much ramp up that excitement. No, to, to try and, you know, just to calm everybody down because, um, you know, England are not the favourites going into this tournament. France and Belgium are better than England. Mm. I mean, they've, France have proved that by winning the World Cup, and Belgium have proved that in the games they played against England, despite England um, winning two-one. Uh, I would put England perhaps in in that you know bracket of teams where you think, well, they they could do something, but you won't see. You know, I'd put them in say with Germany, Italy, maybe Italy. The results uh, look decent, and probably Spain as well. Yeah, um, that that kind of group. I don't know where I'd put them in that pecking order, but let's let's um, not dwell on that too much but if you look at the the, the players as you say which are going to miss out much has been made of Trent Alexander-Arnold not being in this squad mm. and perhaps the reasons for this sort of 
talk about his dip in form might be a little bit unfair because he's been pretty good this this calendar well, year. Southgate has said as well that he's getting back to form and he is on the en route to yeah. get back to the form he needs to be in for his club to get mm-hmm. into the squad for the Euro. So that's encouragement for him. And I think it's actually true as well. I think that's mm-hmm. a fair observation. He's definitely picked up. But then who do you drop? Because, time. you know, Carl Walker can play right back and he can play in a back three. Mm. And he, and Southgate, uh, Walker's in there as a definite. Walker's think, in there as a that. definite. Trippier has performed under Southgate before and he's currently playing. Um, he's, he's Obviously, he's, he had his ban, but he's, he's been playing a large part in, uh, or certainly a part in, in Atletico Madrid, who, uh, you know, last time I checked were top of La Liga. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're there or thereabouts. They're in the hunt for, for the title there. Uh, Reese James is the one who, you get some players who come along. I know he didn't play um, against uh, Albania, but you get players that come along and they immediately look at home yeah. in an England shirt or international football and they look the part and you think, you know what, straight away there's something about this guy. Yeah. And he looks like one of those players, which I think has thrown a cat among the, the right backs. Massively, because I think Trippier, <laughs> Trippier will, Walker will stay because he's got that versatility mm-hmm. and um, Southgate likes him to bomb on from a three and give you that extra bonus. Yep. I think he trusts experience and he's also very, very pragmatic, which he needs to be at international level, as we've, yep. we've said so many times. So I think Trippier is almost a cert as well. Mm-hmm. And the problem for Trent Alexander-Arnold is that I, I, Rhys James looks like the sort of player that's not going to put a foot wrong between yeah. there, between now and then. So that's he's going to have to really, really go some. But yeah. then what Trent Alexander-Arnold gives you on form wow, this is, is, it. This is, is an it. absolute assist machine that no one can really compete with. So, mm-hmm. But that particular position, is there's a huge amount of, um, of competition, of course. As there is a left back on the left side... Chilwell's come in and perform well. Shaw was excellent. Mm-hmm. What a cross for that for that yeah, hurricane yeah. goal. Beautiful goal. Um, and then, of course, if he did play with wing backs, then Bukayo Saka's had a great season at Arsenal. And you and, and so there will be, uh, Vicious, you just mentioned there, there will be a few players who will miss out. You know, again, if you look, I was trying to figure this out: how many attackers and how many defenders and blah 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 blah. We could end up with with Rashford or Sancho or Grealish missing out. Yeah. It, of the eleven, no, 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 of the squad. You reckon? No, that's what I mean. I think that England have a lot of because if you think about your your your, your midfield um, in terms of central midfielders, then those who can play in front or out wide, you know, there's only so much that that, that you can do, and and I there will be one or two big high profile mm. um, losses in this squad to, if, to fit Jesse Lingard in to fit because <laughs> he will not be missing out. Damn right! You see again, Lingard's coming out of mm. nowhere. But anyway, I'm sort of getting slightly off topic. Let's go back to the actual match itself. It was good to see Kane getting on the score sheet, Vish. Yeah, it was. I, I found some of the talk about his position play really weird, given that what we're like. 29, 30 games in the Premier League season, a mm. Premier League season where he's been scoring goals and assists by dropping deep. Mm. And the same pundits who watch him in the Premier League were like, well, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. You know, Why is he dropping deep? Yeah. And it's weird because if you look at the profound effect he's had on, say, someone like Son by dropping deep, yes. and if you think of the players England have at their disposal mm-hmm. who operate from out wide and mm-hmm. come in and mm. are, you know... W- basically want space mm-hmm. where an attacker usually is so that they can either flood it or kind of, you know, mm-hmm. use that um, use it as a focal point. And for someone like Kane, who is, as I said, produced the assist he has done, I thought it was like incredibly, it wasn't even short-sighted. It was almost like willfully naive. It mm. was like they, the attack, the, the centre-forward position has changed immeasurably and it's changed over the course of Harry Kane's career. Mm-hmm. And we see it with Kane now that he has got this string to his bow, a very effective string to his bow. 
and one that England can now actually use because of those wide players and you know the wide players you listed who might not go to the yeah. Euro. Well, I, I mean, one of you. No, no, no. Of course, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just saying, but you know that's the attacking talent we have well, in I, those I, positions. I, on that, just pick your 23, and you will see that yeah, you yeah, have to leave absolutely. out. That's, that's the yeah. sort of point I'm making. No, anyway, no, carry on, sorry. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that, that kind of attacking threat out wide is all the more reason why having Kane doing what he's doing for Spurs for England is so valuable. Mm. Um, and he still gets in goals like that. And he still, as I sent a photo to the group um, of that moment in the last five minutes where he double-footed two defenders to try and get a <laughs> yeah. second goal there. Oh, yeah. he looked at the referee like he'd spat on his halo, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely furious. I wasn't backing into them. I, I, I think I've tried to stamp that out again. Um, it is interesting. I mean, I do take the point sometimes that Kane wasn't there for a, for a, a cross into the box or something, which is obviously, you know, some a player like Ian Wright, who's things you know, with his type of play is going to have a problem with that. But there is, a, I mean, does that, and I think that's why it's crucial to have Sterling in there who can run beyond Kane, because yeah. as you say, look what he does with Son at um, at club level. And it's an argument for, say, someone like Rashford to be in there yeah. as well. Again, great runners, you know, we saw that. I mean, I, I know it's a, it was what three years or how many years ago now, but again, it got away to Spain. When England won three two, you know you saw the what the link up play with Kane dropping deep, and it was just there that was personified beautifully, or, or played out beautifully. Um, but it is interesting having Phil Foden in the starting lineup, Jim. I know you're a big proponent, and, big, big and, and and rightfully so because he's an excellent player and provides such a different option. And people now, it's not a question of in the squad; it's really he's starting, isn't he? Yeah, I would think so. It's it, again, it's just the way he. Um, makes the most of the time he has in tight spaces. And that is so, so crucial for dictating the tempo of the game. Mm -hmm. If something isn't happening and you can get it back to a player like that, that can maybe un unpick a lock on, you know, on a game effectively and just advance, advance the team's position mm -hmm. through that really, really yeah. tight control. It just gives you such an advantage. And I feel like we say this about every single good young English midfielder, mm -hmm. but England don't have another player like him. Yeah, and and I, I think that you you just gain so much from having him, having him in your team that he's going to um, be very difficult to displace. Yeah, I mean, and looks so okay. he's got that, that fearlessness though, as well. He does have that fearlessness, but I think you can pick like you can pick a lot of variations of England starting 11s mm -hmm. that we'd all be happy with, and that at the same time everyone would be unhappy with because you can't yeah. get all of the players that, that you want this in. Is, this is it. And, and just before we move on to England, you know, it, uh, from England, I, I quite li liked it because I often sort of say, you know, I'd like to play a 3-5-3. Well, I wish we could have an extra man in there. Yeah. Um, but actually, well, that's what Rice gives you, dropping in between the two centre-halves, which is a classic thing that we see, which it kind of, you do give yourself that option of the back three when defending or when, well, actually, I mean, when you're on the, yeah, Rice yeah. can sort of give you that because as we saw in the early stages and, England will need a bit of defensive solidity and Rice it might be quite crucial in front of that back four. I'm just trying to think of how we're going to fuck this up. Yeah. yeah. We're going to call up the, we're going to call up the wrong players, aren't we? Mm, yeah. Like someone is going to get like a one number wrong and uh -huh. you know Jonathan Sancho is going to come up and he's yeah. <laughs> a plumber from Hemel Hempstead. Phil Foden will be sitting on the bench. Yeah. Looking at Jesse Lingard taking selfies on the pitch thinking yep. what what do I have to do here how well, is this that is the, that's the fear isn't it that Southgate will revert to what he's done in previous tournaments out of a bit too much pragmatism but, well, I, but I think I, I think Southgate um, it's strange isn't it because when you when you look at it like we know how hard it is for club teams even with their um, contact time with players which is so constant 
we see how hard it is to, for them to play like an attacking style of football. Mm. And I think what we have from Southgate is, you know, he, he's got a better idea. And if you bear, if you bear in mind how things went in 2018, took a pragmatic side and, and, you know, took them to the semis. I think he's aware of the talent and is is working it out. I don't have that fear that he'll necessarily revert to type or, you know, go, go play a bit insularly when we get to um, get the tournament itself. But I do worry that... It, we might not get the most out of certain players. Mm. I would say I'm worried, actually, we won't get the most out of Foden mm-hmm. because it really relies on a certain <clears> system <throat> to allow him to yep. to drift, I suppose. Yeah. Sure. And I reckon we could see a whole tournament go by without Sancho starting a game, which uh, is mad. Yeah, yeah. Which would be mad. Sorry, it hasn't happened yet. Why am I getting annoyed sure, about it? Sure, but then, yeah, but well, this is the problem. This is the headache that, I know, yeah. that, that, that Southgate has. I think Phil Foden is just probably relieved that he's not in the England under-21 set up though. Yeah. <laughs> um, going on, uh, carrying on from Luke Moore's comments uh, recently on the Football Ramble. Um, yeah, A.D. Boothroyd um, led the boys to another defeat in the uh, under-21, Euro under-21. 2 defeat to Portugal. Portugal are a decent side. They've got good players, but it is very disappointing from, from England's point of view. And they are now, I think they need to beat Croatia by two goals or more and hope Portugal beat Switzerland I think that's what it is but either way they're in a very precarious situation which is a shame because they've got talent in that side quite a tough ask for a team that haven't registered a shot on goal in open play yeah, it's going to have to be yeah. a bit of a sea change yeah yeah. you're not going to score more than two goals like that are you Yeah. Well, how is he not starting Eze I love that before you message us saying might watch the under 21s and you're like I saw Eze on the bench nah it's a no from me and then, then when he brought... I'm out and here's why I'm out <laughs> <laughs> and then when he brought Eze on he took Eber smith Rolf, who was one of the best players I mean obviously it's yeah. a low bar but yeah well, as we say you can't play everybody can you no. <laughs> he's not playing <laughs> anybody <laughs> but you can play some people Jim, you can play some of the people, some of the some time. Of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. Uh, sorry, everybody in Ireland. We're going to now talk about Luxembourg winning 1-0 um, in Ireland, of course. Ireland, they lost to the 98th ranked side in the world. And what a goal it was to win yeah. the game, Jim. I mean, Rodriguez, the, the guy that scored the goal, he could had a it. shot earlier on as well, didn't he? Like, very, very, like, nearly lobbed the keeper from quite a way out. Yes. Someone nearly did Scott a Joe Bryan. From the free kick. Did you see mm, that? Yeah, he nearly yeah. caught the keeper off guard. But oh, what a goal it was to win the game. I nearly mean, did a Joe Bryan. What's that? <laughs> yeah, we, we both knew what you meant, but barely. Yeah. Another, give us another season, we wouldn't have a clue what you were talking about. All right, about. Gary McAllister then. <laughs> Name another one of that type of free kick. I can't think of any, but Joe Bryan did it so well. Oh, Ronaldinho. Oh, so it's not quite. No, not the, quite no, the same. Far post, not the same. same. I think in the same angle. Is that what you're saying? Well... The, the ultimate stage, the playoff final, the mm. most important game in football. Yeah, you know what? I'll give you that. Thank I'll you. give you that. All right. Um, uh, but yes, there, there was, it was very, very poor. From I mean, my goodness. It, <sighs> Do you know yeah. what was great? It was the uh, the players and the manager, mm. who, as they spoke afterwards, were like, you know, full credit to them. Then followed by, but it's Luxembourg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did great, but we lost to them. Seamus Coleman, we got beaten 1-0 at home to Luxembourg. That's no disrespect to Luxembourg. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of disrespect to ourselves, effectively what he's saying there, isn't it? <laughs> the thing is, though, like, it, how do you say this? And let's be honest, they're the 98th ranked side in the world. They have a population of under a million. Well, so do Iceland, so maybe population. But it plays into it, of course. It's, it's a damning loss, and Kenny is under so much pressure. They, they, you know, they, they finally scored against Serbia the other day. 
And to lose 3-2 at home, to, uh, away, sorry, uh, to Serbia when Mitrovic is pulling out goals like that, that's no disgrace. Serbia are a decent side. Even a top side could go there and, and, and lose. So you think, OK, well, they've got the goals. Luxembourg at home. Now's the chance. And my goodness, you know, it, I mean, it really is rock bottom. And I, and I believe there's a discussion, you know, in Ireland about the, the, the styles of play. You know, you have the pragmatic approach that we've seen, obviously, go all the way back to Jack Charlton, you know, but, but more recently with Mick McCarthy. Uh, uh, O'Neill, um, Martin O'Neill used to play sort of counter-attacking again. <laughs> As I was saying before, it's not like Mick McCarthy's weighed up the options and thought, well, we could knock it about, but no, I think we'll just play pragmatic. Yeah. <laughs> He's a pragmatic coach. We know this. so that And that's one of the reasons why um, that they, they perhaps got him in. Kenny's trying to produce different football. They're trying to play a possession base. He's maybe trying to think sort of long-term, all the rest of it. It's not working in the short term. No. And it's now a, th- a, a, a chat there do you think, bloody hell, what, what do we do? Do you write off this campaign straight away? It seems very early to do so, but with a, with, with, with a, sh- a game which should have been guaranteed three points has now gone by the wayside. What do you do here? Well, I mean, it just a result in the next game is so, so crucial, isn't it? So it's, it's an interesting time for, for him because... But do I mean, you stick with wh- Kenny's system, which is clearly... Do you, do you mean, do they stick with him as the manager or do you, do you mean, does he stick with his own system? Well, yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, if, if that's what Kenny wants to do, then, then do, do then do you then do you change it up, or do you think, well, let's give him this campaign just to see, because it would be a shame if if what he's trying to do is not being mm. implemented. With he's not got a great group of players as well. No, I mean, well, that's the key thing, isn't it? It's not a strong squad at all. They they are in a lull in terms of the talent they have. They've got very few sort of Premier League or top level players in there, and a lot of them they're at the lower end of the Premier League, and they're not always starters as well. It's like mm. it is a it is a tough situation that they're in through mm. through nobody's fault. So. It'd be interesting. I mean, there's really nothing to lose at this point, is there? So if they are committed to playing a bit more of mm-hmm. an expansive game long term, then maybe you do look at this campaign as a write-off and you give them the chance to turn it around. You never know. If they even get close to qualifying, mm-hmm. that'll be signs that, you know, there is a future here. But for, for a country with, with the sort of squad they have available, with the, mm-hmm. the population they have as well, where you don't get these, you don't get a Robbie Keane come along every two weeks. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Is that is it actually viable? Mm. It's it's a difficult one. I think personally, I mean, it's hard to put yourself in 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 the shoes of Irish supporters, but maybe you would want to go back to pragmatism because ultimately you want you want your team to be at a tournament. That's the most important thing. Yeah. That's that's it's a, it's one of the it's one of the best things about football. Mm-hmm. And they've had such brilliant memories there. Well, they have, and 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 recent ones as well. You know, European Championships. You know, qualifying for them and so. Um, I mean, it wasn't that long ago where they they lost a knockout game to France two mm. one. I mean, I'd take that for England. <laughs> you know, but that, that, that you seems... have in the past. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, we've taken a few Thank of those. Yeah, 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 whether it's my choice or not. But that seems a long, long, long time ago now. I mean, Miguel Delaney said this was the worst result in, in Irish history, uh, which is a strong statement. But one could possibly argue with it. When you look at the stats, Luxembourg's fourth away win in Euros and World Cup qualifying out of 125 matches. They've lost 111 of those of those ones. Um, I mean, Ireland have won three competitive matches since October 2017. You know, since the 5-1 defeat to Denmark uh, in the playoff, you know, they have scored just 11 goals in 21 competitive matches. It does not look good. No. Um, I, we should say about Luxembourg that, I'm not going to lie, I, I, I you know, watched um, extended highlights of that game and I was kind of impressed. They've yeah. improved, definitely. So they were, so I looked it up, they were 186th 
15 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, they they got into the 80s before they dropped back down to 98 now. And now I appreciate that, you know, when you're making up that distance, you know, from the, from the you know, close to 200 to into the top 100, you know, th- those steps come a little bit quicker, not least because you're in competition with the teams you're playing in, in different systems and this, that and the other. But I would say that, you know, so I, I was trying to read whatever background I can get on them, and it sounds like they they made a conscious effort to basically choose from a from a smaller pool. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. that is part of being a country the size of Islington, but <laughs> but you know, it does. It, you watch that yesterday, and you're like, this looks like a group of players who have mm-hmm. played with each other, who know each other's strengths mm-hmm. very much. So. And you didn't see that with Ireland, did you? No. And I think, given the way things have gone with Ireland over the last few years. They've used quite a few players in, in various different situations. I know we've got a few of our constants mm-hmm. that we'll all know, but you know, even the way that Kenny was talking about, um, Stephen Kenny, pardon me, was talking about how we wanted to play in the lead up to this week mm-hmm. and the, the idea that they're going towards a, a grander plan. He was, he kind of had, it, it sounded like he had the impression that he was willing to give anyone to go to see what would stick. And mm-hmm. then, you know, there's a lot to be said for that because as we saw with Northern Ireland, you mm-hmm. get in a situation where players show themselves to be good at international level, even if they, well, particularly because they don't necessarily get the opportunity yep. at club level. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, the, sm- the the head says you should just pers- persist with it because you're, ju- you're going to get these teething pains. Mm-hmm. But if you're an Irish supporter and you're, you're looking at that result, even despite what I said about Luxembourg, you've got to think, God, maybe is, is it worth it? Is, yeah, is, yeah. is it worth this kind of heartache? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Right. People of Ireland, we're going to stop there, okay? We're finished talking about that one, and we're going to go for a quick break. I'm quite a placid guy. (laughs) Uh, I imagine he was after that result. Sorry, uh, last mention, I promise you. Uh, Welcome back to the Football Ramble, uh, everybody. Now, let's have a Betway 4 to score update. Uh, See how we got on on Betway's 4 to score this weekend. Entry to Betway's 4 to score is free each week. Pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. Game 1. We had Norway versus Turkey. Kate picked Erling Haaland. The result was, of course, Ozam Tufan. Forgive pronunciation. <laughs> Game two was Serbia versus Portugal. And he picked Andre Silva. The result was Diogo Jota. Uh, Game three, Albania versus England. Vish picked John Stones, trying to channel uh, the spirit of uh, Luke Moore and his predictions. He had a chance as well, didn't he? He did have a chance. But the result was Harry Kane. And game four, Israel versus Scotland. Luke picked Che Adams. The result was Dor Peretz. We'll be back with another round of Betways for to score on the preview show this Friday. Right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for emails. And today's jingle comes from Alex Christian with his... As I rambled the streets of Islington. That's in North London. As I rambled the streets of Islington, I chanced on a little hairy boy. He told me tales of Sernigan and sang of his old Uncle Roy. Gave me a brown paper envelope. <laughs> Desperate, I heard him entreat. Oh, troubadour, write us a jingle. Cause anything's better than peace. <laughs> As I rambled the streets of Islington, I chanced on a little hairy boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stop that there. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why there's still a minute to go. I'm I just like you being a hairy boy. <laughs> just, yeah. Perhaps maybe we'll play that at the end. That's like, all right. I mean, we put out the, 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 the we put out the cry for the jingle because Pete was maybe a bit too long. That's a minute and fifty seconds. Imagine if you write a song. Imagine if someone requests that you write a song, <laughs> and you send it in. You know, hybrid. I can value everything. You've had to sit down and write the lyrics, do the music yourself, probably. Mm-hmm. COVID times. Yeah. Um. You hear it being played, and then someone cuts it off halfway through. Yeah, the person it's about, yes, gets yeah. uncomfortable with, the, the, frankly, the reality of how hairy he is. That's not true. Okay. <laughs> it was the length again. of the song. Okay, that was Alex Christian. We all thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. No, you can't say that when you stopped his song halfway through. Don't look at me like that, Vish. You got an email to read. Oh, can I read all of it, or should I read half of it? <laughs> You'll bloody read all of it. This is from Oliver Thornton Hale. <laughs> it's quite good background music, actually. It is, yeah. My father is a painter and decorator and was working in Leicester just a few weeks before they were crowned Premier League champions. While he was packing away for the day, he spots N'Golo Kante rolling past in his white Mini Cooper. Oh. He had his windows down and stereo high. Guess what he was listening to? Go on. Informer by Snow. Yeah! <laughs> The thought of the nicest guy in football cruising along, chilling with the snowman, <laughs> brings a special kind of joy to me. You know, Snow's Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Incredible. Mm. Don't come at me with snow trivia. <laughs> <laughs> I love the thought of just, I love the thought of him in a Mini Cooper. But I can't get the idea out of my head that he'd be chasing down a ball, like trying to yeah, win yeah, a tackle. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 in my head, because he's so energetic, it's like the Flintstones. He's, he's actually running. He's not driving. There's no engine in it. He's just, oh, I can get there quicker. So. Yeah, but it's yeah. a perfect car. It's, it's, it's small, compact, very nippy, covers a lot yeah. of ground, all it's, that. It's really just a protective shell. Yeah, I find, so. <laughs> find, find space well. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. Good miles to the gallon, I assume. Yeah. Uh-huh. K-Dog's been in touch. Oh, K-Dog. Presumably his real name. Mm-hmm. On the subject of Liverpool's regional delicacy, um, we've had a lot of people get in touch on this. Mm-hmm. Boys, you've embarrassed yourselves we there. We have. We call them Scousers because of their dish. Scouse. It's a kind of lamb slash beef potato mm. stew. Uh, that's as in either or, not lamb, piss and beef. Um, <laughs> I pr- presume. Um, yeah, yeah we, I wasn't aware we, of it. We yeah, have hold hands up. We have yeah. embarrassed ourselves. No, hold on. I, I, I know what Scouse is. No, oh, you weren't there when Andy, Jim, and I said. No, this. no, but it's a bit like you've embarrassed yourself. Yeah, right, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm level. Yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, don't worry. Just, just making it clear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like Jim and I would have liked to listen to the whole song. Yeah, would have loved it actually. It was quite, it was really into you it. You can listen. You know, to we'll it. never get to hear that song for the first time now because it, he would he would he would he would be listening to the podcast. Like, he probably skipped to it to be honest. He yeah, probably skipped uh-huh. halfway through. When did they do emails? Probably about then. Skipped to it. Heard the start of it. He's getting heard us sniggering. No, he's got two playouts. I gave the radio edit first, and we're going to have the, the full version at the end. I'm just saying he's going to be Don't upset. you love that on the radio? It's like, <laughs> oh, this, this song's great, isn't it? Just tune in for another half an hour, and you can hear the rest of it. Imagine if they did that to Candle in the Wind. Well, it goes on for another minute, but you get the point. She's dead. <laughs> we're all sad about it. Absolutely. Here's the weather. <laughs> anyway. K Dog, you're right. We should have known what what scale. I think K Dog's from Frankfurt. Do they have any 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 delicacies or any dishes? No, I don't think. <laughs> K 
can't think of anything. Anyway, show at footballramble.com uh, to get your jingles in. Do keep them under a minute. Um, but there we are. Right, uh, elsewhere in World Cup qualifiers, Israel drew one all at home with the Bonnie Scots. Do you know what was so pleasing about that game is when Perret scored, fans cheered. Yes, yeah. lovely. There were a few games around yep. Europe that had fans in. Georgia was, was another yeah, one. And it was... It's amazing how much you've missed it. You know how much you've missed it, and then you see it, and it's like, oh, I missed it even more than I realised. There was a, there was a, a point when it was one one where um, an Israel player, I forget, had a header at the back post which hit the side netting, and yeah. there was a genuine, mm-hmm. um, you know, thought it was in cheer from yeah. certain sections of the crowd, and that was wonderful. Yeah, and it was and it was the right time of it. Yes, it wasn't yeah. the, the, the sound guy going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was a bit early with that one, or a bit late. <laughs> you know, yeah, it was perfect. Che Adams started uh, for, for Scotland. Of course. Got an assist as well. He did. He made an impact. Um, and you can see that he will. He gives them something else up top there, which is uh, you know a good sign for Scotland. I mean, they've drawn two games. Uh, Scotland, of course, uh, their first two games in this in this group. They seem a bit disappointed, and I understand that. But I don't think this is um, all doom and gloom. I mean, away to Israel is a tricky fix. You know, Scotland played them recently, of course, and played them a lot, haven't they? They have, yeah, and and they've all been quite stodgy, uh, uh, sort of tricky stalemates uh, and, and and whatnot. Uh, and Austria, you know, they obviously drew it home with them. You know, they're not a bad side as well. Of course, they would have. If you got four points from those games, then then you're away. But you know, two two, two draws. It's not it's not all doom and gloom, is it? No, no, not at all. But I did watch the game yesterday, and think that Scotland should have been a bit more on the front foot. Yeah, because if you, I was, you know, you look through those players and you see like they all play for teams which have more of the ball than not. Um, even even Scott McTominay is someone, you know, United play this obviously counter-attacking style of play, but he's someone who gets the ball and, and gives it, you know, mm. and charges forward um, sometimes recklessly, but, you know, more often than not, he, <laughs> but he, he knows uh-huh. about forward progression, basically. And I saw that yesterday and I thought, I, I thought they let Israel play a little bit too much. And right. they, they, they got it right at the start of the second half, didn't mm. they, yeah, um, they did, Scotland? Yeah. And they, they were much better and they gave them something to worry about. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's just... Um, you know, Steve Clark's um, doing his bit, and you know they did well to over overcome Serbia for the um, for the Euro qualification. But I, I did think that there needs to be a slight change, and maybe it's of mindset. But I just sort of saw that, and especially you, as I said, you know the way they got back into the game. You wonder if they could have done that from the start. Yeah, I mean, I, look, there's no wins in five now, which is Scotland's worst winless run since 2008. So there is some doom and some gloom. Yes, but this feels differently though. And I think that the, the excitement of qualifying for the Euros has given them a bit of a wave of optimism. And I think, as um, was it McCoist was saying, you know, when they went 2-1 down at home to Austria before McGuinney Esther, as he's now known, um, scored that lovely goal, he, they were saying you know, Scotland would have probably lost that game previously. They, you know, they've gone behind. Obviously, you don't want to kind of keep get, get, go behind, but they've, they've come back. I, I, I'm still positive for them. They've got a tough mm. job. Um, obviously, Denmark uh, are in the group as well, and they, you know, smashed eight goals the other night. You know, so it's, it's a tough job. But I think, you know, they play the Faroe Islands on Wednesday, get a win against them, because if you don't, then do, then see you later. That's yeah. the, I, I think that is fair to say, and then and then you know pick up the pace again. Um, and uh, the last uh, uh, side in the British Isles we talk about would be Northern Ireland, who lost two uh, one to, to the US in a friendly. Um, and we want to talk about this because of Niall McGinn's goal. Another McGinn's. I mean, it was perhaps. Van Basten esque. It was. It was an absolute peach for me, though. It was one of those goals that was ruined by the, the commentary. 
because the the co-commentator, I forget exactly who it was, but he did that thing going, he will never score another goal like that in his life. Yeah. That is the pinnacle of his career. Yeah. He will never hit it that sweetly again. Like he, this guy's a, this is a joke. Yes. This guy's a clodder. What's he doing? <laughs> he might as well retire now. What a prick. Like it's, you know, just get into the You got hole. lucky there, like, just son. Like, yeah, it's just, let us enjoy him enjoying it. Yeah, it's the stopping it halfway through the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I don't even he um he did that thing where he scored and it, it was it was only going to be a consolation but he he couldn't stop himself yeah, from smiling it was, that was really really great yeah uh-huh. that was a beauty absolute beauty I tell you what though I mean the US are building a nice side though aren't they they one what eight out of nine ridiculous isn't it I I was, I was you look at those players and you're like oh he plays for them he plays yeah. for Bayern Munich he's over at Barcelona yeah and then Tim Ream gets the ball. <laughs> Hang about what? I, don't, I, I just had this image he's of them. All, league, he's a Premier League player, T-ring. sort of. Yeah, um, he, I have this idea of them all like sitting at lunch and being like, "God, how is over there?" Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, like you know, um, Barney, we're just smashing everyone. Like, where about where you are? It's quite fun. Yeah, yeah, going, yeah, yeah, going yeah. well. Yeah, we've, yeah, yeah, we've only got three stands, but you know, that's just... <laughs> and yeah, just going to Tim Reams, like, yeah, how, you know, how, how are you doing? Like, you were doing all right, yeah. You don't have to check. Don't put your phone away. You don't have to yeah, check. Yeah. <laughs> you're just getting loads of minutes, and Andy Robinson. There. No, you're not. You're you know that about... guy who keeps scoring, Mitrovic in the in the qualifiers. Yeah, I play with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we both sit on the bench. You know, <laughs> tend to switch off about halfway through sometimes. <laughs> Jim, <laughs> come on, Tim Reams, a fine, fine man, fine footballer. Uh, so uh, they were in Northern Ireland's group, by the way. Switzerland versus uh, Lithuania it was delayed after one of the goals. The goalpost was found to be too big. Yeah, that is. That's not even the weirdest thing about it. Apparently, a police officer was called to help. Yeah. What sort of heartbeat style kind of <laughs> village is this? Is this like? Um, is it like Ed? Where do you remember that show, Ed? Where the uh, it was about this um, guy who owned a bowling alley who was also the town's lawyer. No. <laughs> yeah. Do you know no, this. I don't remember this. Was it good? Because I mean, the show's Barry good, and the, yeah. the, the show Barry and the show Dave are both absolutely excellent. I so watched it and then, and then Ed I, has got good pedigree. If it's I didn't like it for a bloke. T- turned it off halfway through. Yeah, of course you did. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, speaking of, you turned off in front of him, did you? Yeah. <laughs> speaking of oversights, the Belgian FA apparently forgot to book a referee for their under 21s game against uh, Standard Liège. Of course, Belgian side. Um, so the, the Liège second goalkeeper had to referee with their fitness coach and physio running the line using jackets instead of flags. <laughs> Just as well, that's not a proper like. You know, they were playing another country's under twenty ones. That would have been particularly poor. Yeah. Have you ever had to do that? Once I run the line. Yeah. It's annoying. It's terrible. No, isn't I've it? never had to do that. Just get people shouting at you. I bet. Uh huh. And it's it must it's bad enough to do the job anyway. It looks hard and really unrewarding. I'd imagine if you did that job, um, you would upset Cristiano Ronaldo for not giving a goal that was about a meter over the line. <laughs> certainly be in danger of doing that. <laughs> Portugal drew to all with Serbia and Belgrade, and Cristiano Ronaldo's temper tantrums are the stuff They're of toddlers. Better. Stuff of Todd. Well, it is that sort yeah. of stamp your feet and uh, he doesn't cry anymore. Yeah, but it's uh, it's like he's grown out of that. It's like he's in the terrible twos. Yeah, and it's, it, it, it's oh, the it is stamping of feet, as you're saying. Very much so. Yeah, around. I mean, and, uh, it was a clear goal. Yeah, I understand that. But the way it's he takes it so personally, it's like, how dare you deny me something I did? <laughs> and again, well, I get the frustration, and he is right. But the body, like, like some people would be like head in the hands and be like, "Oh, ref, I can't believe it. this is ridiculous." It's the way he's, it's did his you, response. Did you see what he put on Instagram? Go on. No. Ronaldo's sense of perspective is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said after the game on Instagram, "There are difficult times to deal with, uh, especially when we feel that an entire nation is being harmed." Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I, 
I wasn't sure if he's aware of the entire nation sometimes when it is very much he plays for himself. Indeed. Obviously, that benefits the nation completely. But uh, the Portugal manager, Fernando Santos, claimed that the referee apologised to him and told him he was embarrassed. That's a bit... I, I don't like that from a referee. You think the officials should stick together? Like, yeah. apologise. Don't be like, God, he's shit, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, I, 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 found, I think Santos would, would probably say, don't apologise to me. It's Ronaldo. You got to apologise. <laughs> Look at him. Look how upset he is. That was a hall. Yeah, that was a hall of fame. Tiff. I, I reckon that would rival the. Um, you know, remember the one he had against Nani against Spain, where he got, kind of chipped it over Casillas and Nani headed it in. And it was oh outside. yeah, that was gut. To was be remarkable. fair, it would have been an absolute beauty, and it was a shame. But yes, again, the tantrum and all the rest of it is. Uh... Is, is is there to see for all. Um, but uh, I suppose a decent point, really, for, for Serbia, considering they yeah. should have lost the game. <laughs> <laughs> considering the ball crossed the line. Yeah. yeah. And Mitro became the all-time top scorer, didn't he? He did. To do it the other Good boy. Day. Tim Reeves, uh, teammate. It's a lot for them today, isn't it? Yeah, it's too much, isn't it? Well, not enough, I'd say. Um, gentlemen, uh, there's been more protests about the World Cup happening in uh, Qatar. Denmark and the Netherlands became the latest teams to express their stance on the Qatar World Cup and the country's reported human rights abuses. Uh, FIFA have said that they won't take action against the proce- uh, protests, saying FIFA believes in the freedom of speech and in the power of football as a force for good. Interesting that Joshua Kimmich said that the calls to boycott the tournament have come 10 years too late. I mean, he is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you make of this, Fish? I mean, the German side, they had obviously, you know, in a recent game uh, written on their T-shirts as a collective, you know, protest. I don't know, I like... I've... I've got two um, two points on this. Mm. One being that kind of football and specifically, I suppose, footballers are caught in this almost bind of hypocrisy to an mm-hmm. extent, like which is not really of their making. You know, a lot of football clubs have links with such regimes and some of them are more pronounced with ownership and others mm. a bit more discreetly. Um, and, you know, uh, like hands, hands up, you know, I, th- I think some of the media are in similar binds when you look at mm-hmm. kind of who owns what and where. And then at the same time, I don't think that's a reason why you shouldn't do something about it, why yep. they shouldn't make this kind of protest. Mm-hmm. You can't be bound by a fear of being looked, being um, seen as hypocritical because I think a lot of these regimes rely on the fact that, you know, it's not like some kind of Marvel cinematic universe where like a regime wants, you know, universal fear. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people get by on apathy and mm-hmm. you don't want to, you know, um, keep going with that. It's but, the nature of sports washing, really. Yeah, it? 100%. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It is a tricky one, though, Jim. I mean, are you going to protest, Jim? Are you going to do your own? I don't yeah, know yeah, I might do, as long as it doesn't annoy anyone, I suppose. <laughs> It'll still be allowed here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I th- you're absolutely right, Fish. I think that the fact that, you know, the, the hypocrisy is an interesting thing, isn't it? Because ultimately, you know, you'd, you'd rather a player speak out um, and be called a hypocrite than do absolutely nothing. And mm. um, Amnesty International have said they, they don't want the tournament moved or postponed, which is really useful yep. to know because that will be mm-hmm. that will be what's thrown at players. Oh, if you're still going to play in it, of course all of these teams are still yes. going to play in it. It's the World Cup. It's yeah. a huge thing for yeah. their careers. It would be amazing if everybody down tools and said, no, we're not going to do it, but it simply isn't going to happen. We have to look at what's going to happen in reality. So I think these protests are really, really good mm-hmm. because... There's I think a bit of a the... groundswell of it, and if we've if we've got every, if every team yeah. if every team makes some form of protest at the tournament, then the end game has to be that the powers that be in Qatar listen mm-hmm. and they, they fix the problems that that, that mm-hmm. are being protested about. But I, I, 
I can't see that happening because a, a representative from, from Qatar, from mm-hmm. the World Cup, said um, recently, since construction of the stadiums began in 2014, there have been three work-related fatalities and 35 non-work-related deaths. The, the, the FC has investigated uh, each case, learning lessons to avoid any repeat in the future. They're making a lot of noise about how actually... Um, the World Cup's been great because it's allowed them to sort of look at their practices and sort some of them out. But the Guardian reported that in the last 10 years, since they won the bid, there have been 6,500 migrant worker deaths. So that seems a bit of a discrepancy I mean, that figure to me there. So shocking. clearly a lot of work has to be done and that the work has to be done has to be properly acknowledged and that isn't happening. So mm. the more noise they made, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I did also enjoy the fact that Kimmich said that um, he described Germany's protest as a very spontaneous shirt activity. Mm. And I think <laughs> We need more of those. I, indeed, indeed, we do. Yeah. So, but I, I think he's right saying ten years too late now. I'm quite kind of fascinated to see how this goes, though, because this has been something that seems to be certainly not, maybe not entirely driven by the players, but certainly that obviously as the front-facing ones, they have come out and, and said a few things, and you know they're obviously the ones they're standing with the shirts on. But like, how much consideration will players now give to where they end up? You know, what football clubs they join and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, you know, uh, Erling Haaland was one of the people um, standing up there for for Norway wearing that shirt. Is that going to come into his thinking as to who he joins next, considering where a lot of the super clubs get their money from? And then at the same time, is that on a 20-year-old kid Mm -hmm. to have to be wary about that? Shouldn't football be policing it in their own way? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, gentlemen, speaking of of Germany, they they beat Romania 1-0 last night to continue their perfect start to the qualifiers. It was 1-0. I mean, yes, Romania had a few moments, but Germany... It should have been uh, away, of course, uh, but they got the three points uh, nonetheless. Um, Yogi Love is going to be leaving soon, uh, which would be odd to see someone else coaching Germany. He's had such a such a great longevity. Xavi claimed that uh, his personality would be a good fit for Barcelona, which is um, which is an interesting. How one. much does Xavi not want the Barcelona job yet? Mm. I don't think Ronnie's got too long left. I need another sap <laughs> to step in there until things get better. I need someone who has got very little uh, recent experience of club football, I yeah. think might fall flat on his face and I can swoop in like the knight in shining armour. Um, but more interestingly, though, uh, Ilke, Ilke Gundoyan uh, revealed last week that he lives in the same building as Pep Guardiola in Manchester. Presumably Gary never owns that building. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, But he said, I have given him maybe one lift home from the training ground in five years and I barely see him in the building unless it's in the lift or reception and he's really easy to deal with. He gives me my space and I give him his. What else is he expecting? I mean, I'm, I can just imagine... The mind that, bubbles. Like, you know, you couldn't do it at like 2am here scratching at his door. <laughs> I've cracked it. I've cracked your new position. <laughs> yeah, just bits of paper slid under the door with like formations on it. That I mean, must imagine... be so awkward. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love it. Well, he's really easy to deal with. What are they dealing? It su- suggests that that's yeah. not true, doesn't yeah. it? Like, yeah. Yeah. it up. Yeah. Like, yeah. He always opens the door for me. Well, yeah, like uh, strangers do yeah. that. No, honestly, he's great. He never watches me sleep. <laughs> never caught him do that once. I love that Pep lives in like a fancy modern apartment mm. as well. Like, imagine it in there. Just tactics boards and red string everywhere. Oh, like, I bet his family don't want him to live on more than one floor because he'd just be imagining how you have like a football pitch over multiple levels. <laughs> just... Dad, stop. <laughs> Indeed. Well, Jim, that's exactly what we're going to do now, is we're going to stop. Thank you very much for listening to The Ramble for today. If you enjoyed the show, drop us a review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other listeners find the show, and we bloody love you for it. On tomorrow's show, I'm back with Pete and Andy. Uh, but thank you very much, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you for doing Handaraja. You going to play the second half of that song now? Alex Christian is going to play us out with this. 
Ah, only joking. No, he is. As I rambled the streets of Islington, I chanced on a little hairy boy. What are you doing with your hand? He told me tales of Sernigan and sang of his old Uncle Roy. He gave me a brown paper envelope. <laughs> Desperate, I heard him entreat. Oh, troubadour, write us a jingle. Anything's better than Pete's As I rambled the streets of Islington I chanced on a little hairy boy <laughs> He paid me a bribe to write you a song a So here it is, hope you enjoy I call on all you ramblers Here we go! If you want to send something in Well done if it's read out by him As I am the stranger went our separate ways And realized I knew not his name He lowered his voice and he told me Barry Grindles Alex <laughs> 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 Christian that is absolutely oh, wow. magnificent. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, I hope his speaking voice is he's, like that as he's well. He's got to release that. Get yeah, to the top of the does. charts. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.